Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we call upon you at this time to, to clear our minds from any distraction that will keep us from hearing your precious voice. Lord, we're just so thankful that we can, we can trust in you. Yes, we were shackled by heavy burdens in our lives, the burden of sin, but you took care of that burden, Lord. You took care of it by sending down your Savior, our Lord, or Lord Jesus Christ. And he took care of that burden. And Lord, if there is someone here that has not met you, that has not accepted you into their heart, may they do so today. May you speak to, through our dear brother Adel. Give him a message that will touch our lives. Use the choir and the song that is to be sung. May we just rejoice in the hope that we have in you, Lord. Lord, we just pray that you're with us. We thank you and praise you in your name. Amen.
Thank you, choir. They did a great job. Thank you again. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Genesis, the book of the beginnings, chapter 32, chapter 32. Let's start reading from verse 22. This is a, a story about Jacob. I haven't spoken about Jacob since a long time. And uh, Jacob was uh, returning home, still running away from his father-in-law, and trying to reach home. And he knew that his brother, whom he stole the blessing from him of the firstborn, is going to meet him. He got scared, panicked, and tried to make all details work for him as usual with Mr. Jacob. Not our Jacob here. He's listening, I hope, this morning. And he made all the plans to meet his brother, which we'll cover a little bit later on. And let's take it, what he did with his family. Verse 22, he arose that same night took his two wives and his two maids, his 11 children, and crossed the ford of Jabbok. And he took them and sent them across the stream, and he sent across whatever he had. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. And when he saw that he had not prevailed against him, he touched the socket of his thigh. So the socket of Jacob's thigh was dislocated while he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him and said, please, then tell me your name. But he said, why is that you ask my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob named the place Peniel, for he said, I have seen the face of God, yet my life has been preserved. Now the sun rose up upon him just as he crossed over Penuel, and he was limping on his thigh. May God bless the word. 
the remaking of Jacob. I pray that there won't be any Jacobs to be remade here this morning. But if the Lord speaks to our heart, God is willing to give us another chance. Because remember, we heard from this pulpit, God is a God of the second chance. Let us trace God's dealing with Jacob prior to this meeting. God met him while leaving home 20 years ago with a vision and promises, and yet how poor was the response, and you find that in Genesis chapter 28. God met him again when he was in Haran, and he used many disappointments in his life, and you find that story in chapter 29 and chapter 30. He found opposition from his in-law, chapter 31, and the Lord started working with him to trust and lead as a man of God should be, but had no, no victory there. Then came the angelic host in chapter 32, verse 1. Now as Jacob went on his way, the angels of God met him. The angels of God met him to encourage him, saying, you are going home, we are going to be with you. And soon, let me tell you, soon he forgot that the angels met him and reverted to what Jacob always does. What does he do? He connived. Angels or no angels, I am Jacob. I can do it. I can do it on my own. And let's stop a little bit here. How, how like it is with many of us nowadays. We do not realize that all these circumstances that Jacob faced, and we face similar ones to a lesser degree or a higher degree sometimes, perplexities, the many experiences as part of God's plan to change us, and those plans, his plans, are intended to bring us to the end of ourselves. And we just forget about them. And so we struggle. And so we struggle. And strive. And fight. And resist. And all to no purpose. God had been trying to get the attention of Jacob for 20 years. And all God got is Jacob's opposition. That's why I said, we have to redo Jacob this morning. God decided I have to remake Jacob. And now comes after all this, and speaking of God's patience, he was patient with him for 20 years. But finally he said, now I have to do some divine discipline to Jacob. And he was left alone as we read in verse 24. Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him 
until daybreak. The thing I want to talk to you about, God wants to break our wills and change our lives. Are you ready this morning? So give me your ears. In 20 minutes, we'll be out of here. If you don't give me your ears, it'll be two hours. <laughs> so which one do you want? God wants to break our wills and change our lives. As Jacob's caravan got nearer to the land of his father, his plans got escalated, his own plans, remember. And he prepared everything to appease his brother Esau. He made elaborate plans to face a fierce enemy in his brother who wanted revenge. Remember, he stole from him the blessing. His family at that moment was in danger. His life in a spiritual crisis and all that he gathered is at stake and all that he did at his father-in-law in Haran, all the sheep, all the cows, everything, all the flock, they're going ahead of him and they were at stake. He schemed. Is he a schemer? You agree? He planned. Is he a planner? And sent his family ahead toward the homeland and stayed behind, burdened about tomorrow. He forgot that the angels, as I said, encouraged him. He forgot everything that God did to draw his attention and have him change, but in no avail. You know, he prepared for everything, but he never prepared for a meeting with God. He prepared for everything, but he never prepared for a meeting with God. Are we faced with some difficult problems? Are you now? Is there a situation in your life that you don't know what to do with? Does some apparent obstacle oppose us altogether? Are we at our wit's end in view of some terrible need? Have we made all kinds of arrangements except for God to arrange matters for us? Have we frustrated ourselves to find a solution to our lives with no avail? Ask yourself these questions. He did everything, but he forgot God. Isn't that the case with many today in this world? We even prepare to be buried, right? We prepared for life and we prepared for death but we don't prepare to meet God. He did not prepare for that. And let us learn, dear Christians, let us learn from the story of Jacob to put God first in our plans and discover the secret 
of all real spiritual power and blessings. As we heard Thursday morning, nothing works except according to his plan. Nothing works outside his will. Regardless, he said, my family is now safe. They cross the stream, they cry, and they will go to the homeland and be there safe and sound. All with all my belongings, all that he had. But it was his plan, not God's plan. And also, it was his timing, not God's timing. So whatever we do, I ask you to seek God's will first. Let God's plan work in your lives. And finally, let him have it on his time, not your time. Jacob, at this time, I, I think emotionally, humanly, was bankrupt. Completely. If you're following. No hope in sight. My brother is going to see me and kill me. He resorted to his old ways, as usual, scheming and relying on self-efforts for a way out. Then we see on the scene God himself. The one he did not make plan to meet is there before him. Then Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him. When the wrestling got intense, the Lord touched the socket of Jacob's thigh and dislocated it. At this time, Jacob's attitude changed. Jacob's attitude at this time, if you read it and look at it, changed. Jacob, the proud one, the schemer, the supplanter, all these characteristic of Jacob's that we have grown to uh, always know what kind of man he is. All this, when God touched him on his hip, things changed with him. He wrestled good. He said, with my own power, I can, I can overcome this man who's coming to me at night and all night long until daybreak. He was wrestling and fighting. Then the man, which is God himself, touched him. We sang, he touched me and made me whole. And this case, in this case, he touched Jacob. And guess what? He made him a new man. It took the touch of God. Stop wrestling. He's bigger than you and me. Stop fighting God. Put yourself on his plan and say, Lord, your will, your plan, not my will, nor my plan. And whenever you want it to happen, let it happen. Stop wrestling. And when he felt the pain in his hip, he stopped wrestling. He did something else. A change came. This is what God wanted. 
He wanted to change his life. He wanted to break his will. And a change came. And instead of wrestling, he started clinging. Beat me if you want to beat me, but I'm going to cling to you. Do whatever you want to do with me, but I want to stay with you. And he started clinging and would not let the Lord go. He told him finally, he, was, he wanted to. Before that, he wanted to have the daybreak and go home and finish with that. He wanted to win. I will not let you go, he said, unless you bless me. I will not let you go unless you bless me. Then comes the great question. I hope everyone here this morning will be clinging to the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray with all my heart. We cannot make it alone. Let me tell you this. Things are getting harder. Life is getting harder. To deal with people is getting harder. Uh, the whole world is in turmoil. Look what's happening. Everything is getting more expensive. And we smell the end of times. And Jesus is coming soon. Let us not forget that. Let us cling to him. Anything else you cling to will be like sand. The only rock is the Lord Jesus Christ. What is your name? When he was clinging to him, he says, okay, what is your name? I want to ask you one thing. Did God know his name? God who created you and me, who knows every vein that he, we have. He looks, look at the stars of the sky. You know what the Bible says? He calls each star by its name. And now he, it is difficult for him to know this is Jacob. And when he met Paul the Apostle on the way to Damascus, he said, Saul, twice, Saul. How did he know? I created you. I know. And when Samuel was a little boy, he said, Samuel, Samuel ran to the priest and said, did you call me? No. And twice, three times, Samuel, Samuel. He said, son, this is God calling you. He knows your name. And he, in Isaiah says, oh, Jacob, I know your name. I have called you by your name, and you are mine. So where is Jacob going to know? He knew his name, and he knows. He said, but I want to hear what's your name. And you know what? The Lord Jesus Christ wants to hear your name and mine. And Jacob answered well. Why? Because he was already broken. The hip is gone. He was already broken. And listen, listen to what Jacob answered. My name. My name is Jacob. And you know every name in the Old Testament had a meaning. Almost every name had a meaning. And the Lord knows each and every meaning. And Jacob, when you say Jacob, say Jacob is the heading there. Can you list under Jacob what Jacob is? Listen what Jacob, what, what it means. I am a man of two natures. 
confession started. I am Jacob. I am a man of two natures. He didn't say I am. I'm. So far I've been good. You know, I depended on you. I still believe in you. I love you. But you know, I have, I have some weaknesses. I am a, a little a supplanter. I like to make extra money here and there. And uh, uh, I know I, I'm a deceiver, but I know you, you will uh, forgive me. He, he could have said that. He didn't say anything. I am Jacob. May God help us. Do you think God knows your name? Do you think he knows my name? He has a book in heaven that every believer's name is written. Who wrote them? He knows. He knows. I am a man of two natures. I am selfish. I'm crafty. Was that Jacob? I am deceitful. Was that Jacob? That's what the name entails. I am deceptive. I'm a supplanter. I'm a swindler. I'm Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. That was Jacob. That was a true confession in the name Jacob. He didn't say I was a good man. I uh, followed you. Here I am going back home because I wanted to please you and be with you. No, I am Jacob. Then he told him, Jacob, I need to change even your name. I saw your change. Now you're clinging to me. But I need to change your name. Your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel, a prince of God. Because you have struggled with God and with men, and you have prevailed. This is the highest point in my life, I believe, in my opinion, of Jacob's life. He was knighted right there on the battlefield. He was awarded this title from the Lord. He did not tell him, Jacob, you said, well, that's your personality. You know, I'll see what I can do for you. Meet me next week under the oak tree down there. He didn't tell him, I'm going to deal with your personality later on. He didn't do any of that. The Lord immediately said, Jacob, I'm going to change you. I'm going to give you another chance. And it's not too late, Jacob. So many people will tell us it's too late. We tell ourselves it's too late. And we, when you hear someone say, come to Jesus, come to the Lord, I said, it's too late, I'm old now, and I'm already going to die. Don't think this way at all. It's never too late to come to Jesus Christ. He didn't say tomorrow, but the Lord changed him. And sent him on his journey. I need to ask you. Forget about Jacob for a while. And if Jesus was with us today. And goes to each and every one of us. And says what's your name. What do you think you should tell him. 
I thought about that. I thought about that at night. I thought about that walking. If Jesus comes to me and says, Adol, what's your name? Let me tell you one thing. Adol is not enough for him. Uh, he thinks he wants to hear, I'm a sinner. If I am a believer, he would like to hear, I'm a sinner saved by grace. And if you are away from the fold, if you haven't experienced the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, there is no other name you should be known by except I am a sinner. And this is what he's calling. This is what Jacob said, I am a sinner. I don't deserve to be in your presence. But the Lord said, you deserve because you fought well and you are clinging to me. And God is giving us a chance. What is your name? You're seated in a comfortable chair. And if Jesus is whispering, what's your name today? What would you tell him? The Pharisee was called and he was in front of God in the temple. And he said, I thank you, God, because I am not like all these people around me. Like this one, the tax collector, the publican. Not Republican, the publican. So what? The publican. Okay? He said, I'm not like this publican tax collector. I do this and this and that, and I do great things. And, uh, you, know, you know, I give to the church. And I do all the things. I go, to Sunday, I go Sunday to church. I read my Bible. But you're not saved. God wants you, wants to change your name. Wants to change your personality. Don't you think after this encounter, God changed the personality of Jacob? And he was a different man when he left God, which we are going to see in about five minutes. God is calling you and me today, where you are sitting. He said, unless you come to me as a sinner, I will not be able to do anything with you. And that publican, he stood. And he stood afar. And he didn't want to lift up, lift up his head nor his voice. He said one thing. Forgive me. For I am a sinner. He called himself. He didn't say I'm the publican coming. He didn't say I'm not like the other one. No, not at all. He knew he's a sinner. He says, forgive me. I am the sinner. The sinner, I'm coming to you. And I know that you are the only one who can save me and relieve me. Don't rely on your good works. Good report. Community service, donations, rescue missions, all these things. What is your name? And the Bible said, all have sinned and come short to the glory of God. So there is no one in the balances that we are good. No one. All have sinned. And God is looking at us, says, I would like to hear this. He would like to hear a confession. He would like to hear you saying, Lord, I come to you. I'm a sinner. I need you to save me. You know, that saved Jacob. And that saved the publican. That saved you. Those who are saved, that saved us when we came confessing who we are. Not our achievements. 
not our character, as if we have any. Not what we have done in life. Not we did it our way. It'll never work. It only works, and it will work. And it's working when we come to him, confessing our sins and saying, I'm a sinner, save me. And the grace of God will save you. Please tell me your name. And he was so honest. And his name, what did happen after that? Jacob, the Lord immediately, he wanted to show him that he had grace with him. He heard him clinging to me. He said, Jacob, you're going to leave my presence with a different name. How about that? Your name is knowing, not going to be anymore Jacob, but what? Prince of God. A prince. And when you come to the Lord Jesus Christ, you come as a sinner. But you leave his presence as a saint. That's it. It's not, it's not over a certain period. It's not over two years. You are not on probation with Jesus Christ. There is no such a thing with him. And there is nothing that you should pay. Actually, you will lose your sins. You won't be a sinner anymore, but you are a sinner saved by grace. From an alien to a child of God. From a struggler to a friend of God. From a stranger, it says in the Bible, to a joint heir with Jesus Christ. That's what God does. This is what he did with Jacob. I want to remake him. Jacob, truly you are going to meet your brother. And you think your brother is going to kill you. But guess what? When I took charge, he met his brother. And what did the Bible say? He saw the face of God in his brother. He kissed him and loved him, never fought him or did anything to him. Why? Because God was ahead of him. Remember, God goes ahead of you to where you're going. God goes ahead of you, ahead of you to pave the way. God will be with you to give you a life. Worthy of the calling he's called you for. That's when God takes charge of your life. And if you allow him, dear Christian, today to remake your life, to take over your life, if you've been struggling, if you have said, if he's been dealing with you for 20 years, 15 years, 10 years, to just get your attention and you didn't get it so far, I pray and I beg of you, say, Lord, speak for your is name. He touched him. He touched him where? On the hip. And now Jacob has to go back. He has to go back and face his family, face his friends, face his people, face the shepherds with him, and face his brother. But how is he going back on a horse? How is he going back? How is he walking? He is bearing a mark in his body. He is bearing a mark in his body. And when people are going to see him, he says, what happened to you? We left you healthy and you're not limping. He said, let me tell you one thing. I'm limping outside. I'm no more limping inside. When God touches you, he will leave his mark on you. And he will change your life. 
And when you walk, you know what? If you look at Jacob, this is my imagination, okay? If you look at Jacob standing, you wouldn't say that he was limping, right? No. But when he starts the first thing, he'll be limping. And people, when he limps, people have to ask, why are you limping? What do you think Jacob is going to tell them? I met God. I fought with him with all my struggles, my power. But when I gave up my life to him, he changed me. He left his mark on me. And this is a blessing, nothing else. This is a blessing, this mark. And then what happened? If he was standing, he wouldn't be able to give this testimony. And you, Christian, when God changes you, and you stand where you are, and you don't move forward, and you don't tell the people, people are not going to know that you are changed. How many people you meet in life, and finally, after six months, you, you work with them, they tell you, I'm a Christian. Shame. Shame. I'd like everybody to know I'm a Christian from the first minute. From the first minute. If you're working and they want to change your schedule, tell them, excuse me, I'm a safe person, I'm a Christian. I go to church. I'm involved in such and such. I have some businesses. I have some responsibilities. And you know what? They look at you, wow, this guy is godly, is religious. Amen to that. Okay, and they will work with you because you have honored God. And my word says, I will honor those who honor God. Jacob, you're going to meet your brother, but things are going to change. God changes things, changes plans, and gives you victory and grace in the eyes of the enemies. You know, God touches, but when he touches, not to cripple you. He touches, the Bible says, and he heals. He never touched any person. He touched me and made me whole. We sang it. I didn't ask Dean to ask. He touched me and made me whole. He changed him. He's bearing a mark that will be with him until he met the Lord himself. And he, it, that mark was a testimony, a living testimony of what God can do in our lives. And when God touches you and changes your life and changes your, your family and changes your children, this touch will never go, go away. Because what, when God saves, he saves forever. A new day. James, Jacob named the place Peniel. I have seen God face to face. But you know, you could see God face to face and live. But he said, I have seen God face to face. And my life has been preserved. When you may have an encounter with God, things are get, get better for you. You know, God does not take, save you to just throw you away. But he will save you and take good care of you until you meet him face to face. And he said, he preserved my life. And he's still alive. He does not demote, by the way. He promotes. He does not, does not subtract, but adds. This is when you come to God. And this is when you have an encounter with him. And you can see the remaking of Jacob. He became a man of God. And you know what? Through him. 
and his 12 children, we have the nation of Israel that went to live and live and going to meet their God forever. The sun rose upon him, and he was limping and going, but with a smile, with a different attitude, with a different personality, with a loving personality. Jacob of old is gone. What's your name, Jacob? I am the prince of God. What's your name? He says, I'm a sinner, but saved by grace. I hope this afternoon when you leave this place, you can say at the door to your friends, I'm a sinner, but I'm saved by grace. God has changed my name. Ah, God has changed my name. Like he took the name of Saul and changed it to Paul. Like he took my, our names, all of us, were just pure nothing. And he made us children of God. Sun rose. There was a sunshine within him as well. The sun seems brighter than ever in Jacob's eyes. His heart was at peace that God will fight for him, for he has seen the face of God, and his life has been preserved. I would like to, to leave with you this saying. There is always sunrise for the soul that has communion with God. Do you have that communion? Do you have that communion? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Just in your heart, do you believe you are the good man that God wants you to be or the sinner that God wants you to be? In your eyes, maybe you are, and I agree. May God bless you. But the way to heaven through the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not through goodness, nor good works, nor donations, nor any of that kind. By coming to him like that publican who said, have mercy on me. I miss you. And those who know the Lord Jesus Christ, and you've been, you know that you need a remake, a makeup. This is the time to say, Lord Jesus, take me. I'm not fighting anymore. I'm surrendering. I'm giving you my all. Make me a new man, a new woman. Help me to walk with you on your plan and in your word. If there's someone who needs me to pray for him, just lift up your hand and I will pray for you. If you know that you are not saved and you're a sinner and who is not, lift up your hand so I can pray for you. Well, every, everyone has his head bowed. Do you want me to pray for you? Lift up your hand. Father, we thank you that you are a great God and a great God who comes to the rescue of your people. We truly humble ourselves before you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the personalities we study. 
in the Bible, and we thank you for the lessons we can draw from these men and women of God. We pray this morning, this afternoon rather, that you bless this congregation. Be with us. Help our hearts to be sincere with you, to be open, to be honest. If we need to be remade, take our lives and change us. And those who do not know you as Savior yet, you are willing to change their lives, change their names, and give them eternal life before they leave this scene. Thank you for being with us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The meeting is over. You're dismissed, and may God bless you and be with you.